Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. Seeing these articles about this reality generation, like like computer hologram universe theory. Like, have you have you seen this? Have you read about this? I I briefly I was listening to the Tom Campbell stuff, but apparently there's like new research that said that what is it like nine dimensions they know of, and then there's like a tenth dimension made of like string vibrations that are holding everything together. It's all a hologram, basically. Yeah, there was there was this article that was talking about how basically scientists now think that we are inside of a big computer. Like your consciousness is the software, your physical body is the hardware and and we're just we're just running in this sort of machine. Like it I, I don't I don't know the details. I'm not a physicist, but I I just thought it was interesting that that we reality experiences the things that we the lessons that we are taught and learn through our experiences i think are really important i mean like oh my god i wish i could solve that existential dilemma like that 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 never ending like you know why like why why is the fucking sky blue and why do birds fly and you know why is winter cold you know, what the fuck you know what i mean so I just think yeah. it's interesting that there's an observational effect of things. I, I don't want to pretend that I know what in the remote fuck is going on with the physics of anything. I don't think anybody else does, but it's interesting that the lectures like McKenna would say how physics is always like 60 to a hundred years ahead of material sciences. And now it's like catch like the other realms medicine and chemistry and psychology have to catch up to physics just saying like oh yeah consciousness like plays a role in physics and our material universe <laughs> like okay <Yeah. laughs> let's like wipe the slate on everything hmm. but yeah i mean it's 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 definitely intriguing like there's this i don't know like the whole there's there's a i don't know if you saw interstellar but uh, a spoiler spoiler alert like the the whole message in that movie was pretty interesting it it seems to be this common theme themality and it talks about love and i'm i'm going to be cheesy and this is going to sound stupid i don't care this is where um, we differ on this i movie. believe it <laughs> i buy it i believe it man i i really believe i was doing this meditation today actually and it basically involved using this light and you imagine your crown chakra opening and this light pours down through your body and it goes into your your heart and you just open your heart completely it felt like having an orgasm for three minutes it felt so good and it was just love man what's that what was the context of interstellar well, in at the, end of, at the end of Interstellar, I, I guess it was um, Anne Hathaway's character that said 
that the only thing that defies space time that we that we know is is love. See, here's, I'm, transor- I'm, transor- I'm a hater. Properly. I'm a hater, and here's why. Because that movie, if anyone's seen it, there's a moment in that movie where right before the reveal, there he's in this like space-time continuum, like he's in the center of everything. And there's this this feeling I got that was like, oh, holy shit, they're about to go there. They're about to make the best movie ever made. They're about to like peel back, show you the wizard behind the curtain. And then they just, I feel that they took a cheesy, love-induced Hollywood ending to like explain everything instead of going the hard, like doing the hard work and really going out there. They just like, they played with you. They were right about to jump over the edge and take you with them. That's how I felt. I love that feeling for that. Like it was like 14 seconds of it. You know what I'm talking about? That part where they were like, it was just, it was all coming together. And then they were like, oh shit, it happens to be love. I was like, (laughs) oh, fuck. (laughs) Nothing against love, but like, <laughs> what love got to do with it? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, no. It's it's. I don't know, man. There's a real. There is. There is something to that. I think. And you're right. We do. We're on opposing polar opposites. And I mean, you got. I don't know, man. I mean, you just you got to try it. I think to be a believer. But um. I did. Yeah, dude. See... I'm just. Sorry, uh, guy. Well, one of I, us has to go. I just saw, um, I was telling you about that Yogananda documentary. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if I, it's probably not in theaters in most places, but they did a pretty good job. Um, if anyone's read Autobiography of a Yogi, I haven't gone all the way through it. He also read, uh, wrote The Divine Romance, which is really good. But hmm. I never quite understood the the impact that he had on the West as far as, you know, actually making yoga and meditation a huge part, at least is from the Western United States. Mm. And uh, it's pretty cool stuff. You know, like the images of him, like you could see in his eyes, like he's on some shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's tapped into something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he really brought that whole self-realization aspect to the West through his, his writings and and teachings. Like, I mean, I, I read the book a long time ago, so I don't, I need to brush up on it, but um, I mean, I think I think all of us are looking for this deeper sort of understanding of everything, of ourselves and of our experiences and, and what's happening to us. But I mean, yeah, autobiography of a yogi, like it, it, it talks about how, you know, he he followed that path and how he's living in India and kind of going through all the shit and 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 finding enlightenment <laughs> through it like wow what a, what a three out of seven chakras what do you mean just as a as a movie reviewer just three out of seven chakras <laughs> fucking dog shit no it was all right yeah well i mean i don't know man it's just it's it's difficult like you know you have you have the human element when you add when you add the human element to any equation like somehow everything just gets fucked up like i mean i hate to be that cynical and that fucking crazy about like people but 
I just, I just am, man. You add, you add people into any equation. Like I, I would trust a machine. Like I would trust a computer. We're but, not. Um, it's, it's coming though. I think that's like a that's a huge notion that a lot of people are getting on board. Is they just they're checking out from other people. You know, most people are just their existence. People want to work remotely. They 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 have Amazon now. You know, you don't have to leave your house for anything. Yeah, things are, people are designed, like, people are becoming more and more socially awkward. I feel fucking socially awkward a lot, and I'm just, and I think people are just, I think everyone is fucking socially just, like, We're becoming more autistic. Yeah, and, like, Alan Turing, uh, he... He was the guy who cracked that. They they actually made a movie about this as well recently, and he was the guy that cracked the was it her? Enigma, <laughs> the Enigma movie. No, it wasn't her. God, you fucking cheesy piece of shit. Um. So, yeah, man. Um. God, I just I'm just recoiling. I'm glad that that you're having a good time. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's, tomorrow there's, levity, gonna, there's a lot of levity here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure tomorrow you're going to be like, huh, I wonder if I should have gone in this direction. But I'm I'm happy with my choices, man. I like I I've quit drinking completely. I haven't had a drink. I had a drink at a Christmas party, and I regretted it. But I haven't had a drink in like two months. I haven't smoked anything. I haven't smoked any marijuana, weed, nothing. No weed. No alcohol, completely clean. The, my high is the motherfucking gym. I love. Is just, this like oh, a New Year's God. resolution thing for you? Or what is? What no, is going man. On? Um, it just kind of happened. It might have been. It might have been because of the the ayahuasca sessions that I've been doing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> might have. A, I'm sure a that a that is that that is the gravity that the is pulling me towards nuance in the, being in the healthy, eating healthy, like watching my diet exercising fucking as hard as possible every day, every other day and that's what and, I gotta and, do man and doing my my best not to kill anyone I just that's really what it, that's really what it comes down to is not going on a rampant homicidal tear <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like if you could just keep if you could just keep that urge in check nine times out of ten you're gonna be fine on any I given mean, if you day, just but. if you just had CNN on for long enough you'd probably just want to just either kill yourself <sighs> And I couldn't, I couldn't hurt another person, man. Like I'm not, I'm not into that. Like I, I spent a lot of time like, like working in like martial arts and learning different aspects of of combat and like tactical science and like how the body works and how like the dimensionality and how space and all, all of those things. Like like martial arts was to me it was like the saving grace for a really long time, just because like I, I used to be such an aggressive person like i used to just i would i would default to like like fights i would they they really should offer that in class like that should be offered in schools because it really keeps your ego like we've you've heard a thousand times but like your ego just gets checked like when you have a little girl like choking you out in (laughs) jujitsu because she's better than you like your balls are going to be in your throat yeah i mean you you have to like you have to challenge your body. I think you have to push. I mean, the, the central. You should know this. You're a doctor, aren't you? Like the central nervous system is capable of like all this really amazing, cool shit. And I and I think we can. We're we're designed to like really push ourselves to these extremes. I think one of the and, one of the coolest things I was reading recently. Um, there's this book by this guy Ori. I forget his. I'm gonna butcher his last name. I think he's Israeli. But it's a book called The Warrior Diet, and it's about intermittent fasting. 
And one of the things that makes a lot of sense is we're, we're designed to just be taking shocks to the system from every angle, whether it's physically and mentally, like if you're not shocking your system, you're not growing. Your body mm. actually needs jolts of stress, not consistently though, because your cortisol levels will rise, but different forms of eustress where it's like good stress will create, you know, a slight breakdown. What is muscle? Muscle is a breakdown and then you heal, you mm. know, even everything that you learn or any kind of like business thing, there's a temporary dip in unhappiness and then you rise above it and you have long-term happiness hopefully from it. It's everything in life is like that. So You have to push yourself in every regard, like whether it's your diet or uh, exercise or even mentally, it, like it, even in, I think it's Vipassana meditation, like you're pushing yourself into this uncomfortable, uncomfortable kind of state. Like you're, you're pushing yourself to this point where you feel uncomfortable and, and that, I think that inherent state, as much as we run away from that and we're so fucking afraid to be like uncomfortable and we live in this like, like place where like we're designed to, to, to find like the safest zone. Like, how do I feel safe now? How do I feel safe? The comfort is death. I mean, that's the most, that's the most obvious thing is it, it, I have a lot of respect for, um, you atrophy. Atrophy, just, there's, there's people that are killing it. Artists, you know, you look at the sophomore slump and all these artists, what is that? Because they got comfortable or like the, once you get the contract in, you know, basketball players, you see it all the time. Like, you know, they kill it their rookie season and they get that con, that fat contract and they just turn to absolute wet shit out there. And it's, you got to stay on that razor edge of like, you can't be comfortable. Comfort really is death. If you're in that creative camp and our society has been designed to keep everyone super comfortable and you know, we're not dying in mass like we used to, but what are we really trying to survive anymore? What are we really creating in the process? How much, how much do you think that perception and your belief system paradigm, like how much do you think that affects what you experience in, in life? Like as far as what? Like your like um, your reality, like like what my belief, like if I believe that everyone is a piece of shit, I'm going to experience everyone treating me poorly. Like if I believe that people are inherently good, I I might encounter people treating me like with a sense of you know. Yeah, the the only things that are real are it's math and your direct experiences, and my from my direct experiences, I I feel that when I. I am a lens, like whatever my reality is, I am the filter for it. And if I put out a lens of, of attracting shit people in my life, or I'm in a shit state, I'm going to attract shit things. Or when I have a positive outlook, like you will attract those kinds of, it just, it just makes innate sense. Well, there's a, there's an old fundamental rule, uh, like attracts like your, your brain operates at some kind of resonance. And the theory of this is how I make sense of it is you have at any given time, any number of parallel universes that you can tap into higher planes of consciousness, lower planes. And if you're operating at a higher plane of consciousness, you're going to go to that option of a universe where things are of a higher state and you're going to open up those doors and it's going to come from that. It's going to open up that pathway. It just seems almost, um, well, in that in that classification, and sorry to interrupt you there, but no, no. in that classification, I was like your your thoughts your thoughts have 
a frequency. Like if you're if your brain and your body and your cells are all resonating at a certain frequency, so are your thoughts. So so you are what you think. Like you know what I mean? Like like you you become what you think. And you ever, so you ever think? if you're thinking if you're thinking in a lower dimension, if you're thinking about hate and war and like anger and you're holding on to those things, you you become that you become you go into those lower fucking shit dimensions. But if you're if you're focusing on the higher stuff, like the higher resonant things, then you know maybe maybe you start to move into these higher things. I wonder if that's the next big holy shit moment that's going to come out of not even just physics, just just science in general, just the, the wherever we are as consciousness, as a as a as humanity, is realizing that your brain isn't just this material item. You know, it's not like Descartes says, "I think, therefore I am." You're not just this shell inside the brain. You're creating your reality. I really think. I think it was Graham Hancock was talking about, you know, he originally brought this up, but we're, I think we're probably going to discover that your brain is a receiver for consciousness. And it's like, you can filter in the reality you want to, you want to experience. Yeah. And like an antenna or a radio station, you know? And if you look at some of the ancient Egyptians, you look at some of the ancient um, cultures, they were really, this is what they subscribe to. I mean, if you look at, the the, the uh, pyramid of Cheops. I might be butchering this, but from what I remember was the the pyramid was not what they thought it was actually supposed to be. I went down this weird rabbit hole recently, like looking into this, and this total misnomer about the pyramid. The pyramid was like this consciousness chamber that the every mm-hmm. I think it was every thirteen thousand years that it was an inverse antenna. So the pyramid had would have these four equilateral triangles, and they would formed this perfect square and it was aligned, I believe, with Orion. And yeah, certain, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Certain star frequencies at certain periods of time would line up with these holes inside the chamber yep. that would mm-hmm. align with this sarcophagus. And it would create a resonance where the, the king or, or the queen, and you would go into the king's chamber or queen's chamber, and each one w- was to s- simulate uh, like what you would experience at the moment of death, like basically, so it would, it would take you into this sort of ascended like playground where you could explore how to adjust like things in your life. I mean that. I mean the, the Egyptians were messing around with like monoatomic gold and like like the philosopher's stone. There's a lot of really really interesting weird stuff that we have no idea about that the Egyptians were playing with, and these ancient civilizations that we give very little credit to, but we're able to build this structure that it hasn't gone away yet, you know. And we haven't done we haven't done that. It's dude, it's 2015. The Wright brothers flew an aircraft. I think it was 1903. We've been we've been flying aircrafts for 112 years. And that's not a very long time. The internet didn't exist 20. I mean, 20, 30, 30 years ago. There was there was no real internet. I mean, cell phones. Nobody had a fucking cell phone uh, 20 years ago. So there's a I lot know, of man. waking up. That's about. I mean, they just they did not see the internet happening. They just, they could not expect this flood of information at everyone's fingertips just exploding, you know, all these secrets. It's like we all have our own little library of Alexandria at our fingertips. I was listening to, um, God fucking Randall Carlson 
was on. I forgot the other what the podcast was. We got to get this guy on, man. He was going on this rant about how the different sediment layers and the glacier layers basically showed, like, you know how a ring of a tree will have different rings, right? It'll showcase different things. That these different numbers that are sacred in the Bhagavad Gita and the Hindu culture and the Buddha in Buddhism and the Epic of Gilgamesh, all these different cultures had these certain numbers, these like yeah. vast scopes of time where there was a total alternation between a massive flood water death based from like an, an ice age that was like coming to an end and just a, an amount of water that was flooding the earth to, that's inconceivable. That would be not one, not two, but three magnitudes of, 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 large largeness of like three magnitudes larger than the, the next biggest flood that we've experienced in our lifetime, like 93, which is insane to think about. But after this, there's a period of a giant, a fire, some kind of fire element, which would be like a comet, you know, which causes like the Yucatan peninsula or all these. It's just insane that this it's, it's actually in the record of time. And this pattern is fractally repeating itself through the universe. Like we're, we're just in this soft zone right now where we can actually just grow and we finally have this window where we can like, Oh shit, we might have to like escape from this planet and take this time between these two periods. Yeah. And we're, and no one's like, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> well, the, the solar cycle also changes every seven years. There's a lot of really important things that happen with the number seven, your skin recycles every seven years, your genetics and your neuroplasticity, like all of these things like happen in your, inside your body every seven years, uh, seven year itch. Some people have probably heard of that. Um, so we just, we just moved past this seven year cycle and started, we're beginning this new seven year solar cycle. And we actually have this guest coming on next week. Um, that is, is really good. Really like this guy. Uh, I think, I think you'll like him too. And he just, he, he's able, he somehow is a, has connected all of these, these various dots, like everything that we've mentioned so far, like he's, he's, He's he has two postgraduate degrees. I mean, the, the guy's educated, and he he understands like like how the stuff works. And but I mean, yeah, man. I mean, there's there's definitely. But you know, people have been saying that the world is gonna end and all this shit. I I just don't I don't buy that. I don't know why. I don't want to. Like I I mean, there was a part of me at one point where I I I call it doom whoring. Like when you're, you want it, you want the world to fucking like shit on itself. And I call that being a doom whore. Pen, pen and I was, I was such a doom whore, man. Like I loved it. You know, I would like. I you would have a penchant for, for doom whoring. Doom whoring. I will, I will be the first to say it. You, you have a predilection for doom whoring that is uncanny. So, um, <laughs> So no, so no longer do I want to see the world, you know, get fucked over. Like I'd like to see humanity succeed. Let's win the human race, and let's get it together and uh, fucking do uh, something right. I you know? I agree up to a point, but I do. I there was a uh, a guy from Vancouver I met. I was I was just traveling Vancouver, and uh, he was a rich guy. I think he owned like a strip club up there or something. But he made a bunch of money like investing. This guy really, like, he, he had a crazy life experience, and he said something that was pretty, it was dark, but it made me think, and it was, you know, deep down, he says, 
everything he thinks everything was ultimately fucked. It came down to the same conversation. They're like, what do you think? Where's this all headed? And he's like, he goes, I don't, I stopped thinking about it because deep down, he goes, I was plucked out of the ether. Like, I was in this void that was like, I was, you know, everything was pleasant. I was in my mother's womb and I got shit out into this monkey realm and I got to compete against everybody else. And he says that deep down, he thinks that everybody hates it here. And they ultimately want to see it destroyed. Not everyone, but a majority of people deep down want to see people this. People are suffering. Like they're suffering I mean, exactly, and they have want to you, see it. Have road. you not noticed that this con- like Buddhism is based on this idea? The four noble truths are that suffering is the only like real thing that you're going to experience in your lifetime. It's you're constantly going to suffer, and I don't. I don't even want to pretend to understand that, just because I. I don't even know, man. I, I, yeah, I get it that we suffer, but why? Like, why here? Like, things could could be so different. Like, we could, we could learn how to do math. Like, learn like the Nash equilibrium and like really help each other and really just trust and start to give a shit about each other. But that isn't like, but it seems like, you know, things, things are shifting and, and, you know, the, the old, like, like the old, the old ideas of, of, of (coughs) violence and hate and the lower level emotions are starting to filter out. I personally am filtering those types of people out of my fucking life. I don't want them anywhere near me. You really do have to work on yourself. That's the one thing I'm realizing re- uh, recently is you can't change the world. You gotta just be the light yourself. Yeah, and Gandhi. Attract, attract. Gandhi was be the change, be the change. And it's so true, man. Like you gotta just work on your own shit, and anyone wants to get in your way about it, like you, you just you can't you can't feel guilty. That's the thing. There's like this this guilt I used to feel about that. Like I really need to work on myself. And I would feel guilty that, like, why am I focusing on this? But that's really how you affect change is you you become that light. And people see, hey, like, what's with this guy? What's with this dude? Like, he gets it. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you look at at the, the, like, divergence in western and eastern kind of culture there's they're so different like and and now you're you're seeing this like like filter like people people are searching for these answers they're looking they're asking questions people are wondering how like i mean and and what you just mentioned you know a few minutes ago about yogananda like that's common knowledge man like in India, you know, I I was I had I was really fortunate, uh, and I I was able to spend um, a summer in the Himalayas, like for a, a few weeks, and the most spiritual place on the planet, hands down. Just, I mean, the the amount of like just. You can feel God when you're in the Himalayas. That's that's all I know. Like I uh, love the pronunciation of the movie. They're like the Himalayas. I, I'm gonna start using that. No, well, haven't seen the movie. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably check it out. But and I'm still I'm still a little bit you know like like reeling from this uh, this this guest that we were about to have on and and I, I don't know maybe it's a filtering system and then everything happens and I don't I don't subscribe to randomness I don't subscribe to this this idea that everything is chaos and we can't understand any, any of these things I, I I truly believe that things are planned things happen for a reason predeterminism we have we have the illusion of choice but it's like 
it's like a river that flows and you're like like throwing a rock into a river and that's what it like you you just you're, you're going to end up in the ocean eventually and i, I don't know man it's it's it, this whole idea and line of thought and 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 topic is it goes pretty far and and well that the whole thing we're talking about being the light um who was telling my one of my good friends was telling me that is, is if when you, when you become an enlightened being, whatever that means, like you know, if we'll ever even experience that or come close to it, you have the option. Usually, I think as you become an ascetic and you just go out into the woods or become a monk and just you know avoid society for the rest of your life and just become a, just stay in contact with source, or you can become you know the bodhisattva, a bodhisattva, and you just touch everyone on your path and you just go about your day like you would originally you you touch that grace and it's evident in everything you do and i think that's that's really the key and that's what they mean by going inside yeah i mean if if you are lucky enough to encounter enlightenment or touch enlightenment in your lifetime then i would say you're you're doing well and do you think that's even possible? Like, do you do you do you know people? That oh are, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I mean, there. What does it mean though? What what is actually like? How would would you know when you saw it? Like, what is it? You know. Well, I'll I'll reference an experience that I had, and and God, I'm not even sure how people are going to receive this, but um, <laughs> that trip to the Himalayas, we ended up hearing we were in the this cab and this this cabbie like half spoke like broken english and and so i really wanted to meet like a legit like guru like a legit like like sadhu like like hardcore like person who was into this stuff and so he started telling us a story about this dude who like lived in the forest wore rags and he he started it was it was pretty it got really interesting really fast so you know we got his number and we're like yeah we want to meet this guy we want to meet this guy we want to meet this guy and so it was it was it was a group of my friends and and, and we we end we somehow we end up like like none of us spoke the language and we 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 end up like like getting there somehow and this dude comes up to us and he's like the most unassuming person this tiny little indian dude and he's wearing he's wearing what looks like your bed sheets you know and just rags but he's glowing there's something about him just he's just glowing and so we walk up to him and um we had like he had like a helper translator person with with him or taking care of him i don't know and so he would ask questions and the translator would speak and and he asked he's like are any of you hungry and you know we kind of look at each other and we're just like yeah yeah sure we're hungry and and dude no joke like legit i i've never experienced anything like this before he he from the air he he reached up into the air the the motherfucker empty air just space and he's like boom and when his hand came down he had a banana and then and then he did it again and he did it four times he did it for each of us and he would just reach up and he's like and he would like he plucked it out of the 
air. I mean, he didn't have any clothes on. There was nowhere to hide anything. Was this an ashram or what was this? No, it was just some dude in the woods. <laughs> it was just some dude in the woods in India. Some sadhu in the woods in, in India. And he's like this in super enlightened being. And, and, and I remember the feeling that I got like when I met him. And I was just like, I... I don't want to be. I don't want to go back to the states. I please let me study. Please let me be here. Please, I'm begging this guy, and and of course I didn't understand anything he was saying. And he's just like he's just like he's like I think he said I think he said no. He's you have many things to achieve. You have many things to do. And of course, something I I would have in a second. I would have in a second like given up everything and and just moved to India and lived with and tra- apprenticed apprenticed under this this person and never encountered him again. Oh my god, man, that was the most one of the most profound experiences in my life. That's 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 bananas. <laughs> yeah. It really was. And so, um, yeah. Do I believe in enlightenment? Wait, he Fuck just straight yeah. like you saw you saw just it just manifest in midair. I mean, the moment after it happened, like when you when you have an experience like that, and it, anyone that that has experienced anything paranormal in their in their their lifetimes will will know this feeling. Your brain cannot process it. Your brain immediately is thinking of reasons of why that isn't possible and why it's like a glitch in the matrix and your brain, you're so fucking programmed. And as a child, you're told that this stuff is so like in fantasy land and it does, it's not real. It doesn't exist that when it happens to you, your, your system experiences a shock. It's like, it, it Total is paradigm a shock. It's a shock, dude. It's like, Oh, like you get hit by it. So, so you know you're you're immediately you're trying to rationalize the experience and that doesn't work because it's outside of what we define as as possible as real as you know we're not told that you know these these magical beings again exist and they're they're floating around trees and shit and switching into different dimensions I mean the, uh, truth is stranger than fiction bro like it does exist it is real I mean it. You just, I mean, like, you just have to, you have to, ha- you have to be able to see it. You have to ha- be open-minded enough, not so that your brain falls out, but open-minded enough so that you can receive the information that you're, you're being given. And I think that that's an important lesson. Life is just odd, man. Life is amazing. Life is a, a gift. It, it can be odd. It can be hell it can be torture it can be beautiful and that's what makes it you know a gift and and i think i think that i think a lot of us like we live you know these very privileged i mean i personally speaking for myself like i i am very grateful for the things that i i have like i you know the the support system and and my lifestyle and i you know, I'm I'm so I'm thankful every day, man. No joke. Like I I'm very thankful for you know the things in my life, the people in my life, and um, I don't I don't know, you know, and and there there are people who are who have it much worse, man, and and there are there is true suffering in the world, and 
and not to take away from any what anyone's experience is and you know i know we we each have our own individual ch- like challenges and and but i but i like it would be cool if we just take if we all if any the people who are listening to this episode would just take a step back look at your life be thankful you know look at the things that you do have that other people wouldn't necessarily have and I'll get off my pulpit. And... <laughs> it's it's so much easier said than done, but it's just one step at a time. This has become my life. Like the only thing that I go to, I do is I go to the gym and I and I work on the podcast, and that's that's my life. And um, I'll I'll just say this, man. Like time, time is the only real currency that you have. Time, your time is the most important thing. We sound like will... bitches right now. <laughs> Look, no, I don't. I don't think that. Like, like your time is the most valuable commodity that will ever be given to you on this, on the, on the face of on this planet in this system. People who abuse that, people who take that away from you, people who take advantage of that, are not to be. They're to be considered hostile. They're you should cut those people off immediately. Like, don't let anyone fuck with your time. Period. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm gonna take the the higher road here, and you know, I, I I don't, I the war part inside of me, like that that warrior part of me that like like looks for battles and stuff. Like I, I've grown up a little bit, and I and I just I don't need that anymore, man. Like I don't need to fight some dude. Have you been any fights? Me? Yeah. I've been in a lot of fights, man. Like I'm not, brawls? I'm not like brawls. Why not, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of of my my history with <laughs> street fighting, and so I mean, I just yeah, I don't need that anymore. And it, in fact, like I even go out of my way to avoid conflict. Like I'm just like I, unless unless I mean, if dude, I mean, if you're if you're threatening a friend of mine or if you know you're truly posing a danger to the people around you and me and my family or my friends then we have problems then you know that's when i i usually will turn that side and you know there it's it's like a switch man it it just happens naturally when you when you've been when you've been studying martial arts for 12 15 years it's just it it becomes who you are and so yeah. This segment is brought to you by WorldStarHipHop.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's brought to you by Half Half a Nickel Productions. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, whatever, dude. I'm not even trying to pretend I'm like some gangster or anything. I'm I'm just some dude. No, you know, we've all had scruffs, you know. Like I, I've successfully avoided some really. I'm lucky to be tall, honestly. Like people. They just are just phobic, I guess, of getting in in fights with people that are taller than them, and I just been avoided avoidant of it. But yeah, there's always that friend. There's always a friend you have that you go out and he just has that Presence. combination of drinks, and you know some kind of altercations. Oh gonna God, happen. I hate that. And hate we that. had I, I we had a, I have a, one friend in particular who I, I stopped going out with him because I knew it was if he was having Jägermeister, I knew there would be some form of an altercation. And the last altercation that I came in contact with these guys, um, 
someone was bum-rushing him, and he had pulled some vodka bottle out of his pants that he somehow snuck out of someplace and cracked it over this kid. I was like, I've seen enough. Like, I don't want any part of this. This is, like, going on. Baby. Like, that's that's reality for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm, I'm not... I'm not that. I'm not down for that. I'm not down for that. Mm, yeah. So how's the uh, how's the the doctor at working out for you? How's how's your medicine medicine career like going? It's been good, man. I just uh, had to take that sabbatical from the podcast. Just has been grinding on my mm. trying to get on my recertification and paperwork nonsense, so I can do um just just do some things, have a little more freedom with the degree than they want me to have Mm -hmm. and uh man people are like it's amazing what's going on in the health space and this could be a whole other podcast i'm looking forward to having some more like holistic physicians on in the future we're gonna have yeah i would really like that too actually i was i was thinking about having some ayurveda like like practitioners and people who are holistic healers like there's there's a Oh God, I don't I don't remember the uh the name of, of the style he practices. It's Japanese and he's good. He he really knows what he's doing and and there there are all there are, there's like this whole underground, like secret like forms of healing that you have to look and search for. And and when you find them, it's really amazing, man. Like and you know, like modern western medicine there there is no real profit in in curing illness that's that's the most the most disgusting thing about medicine from my experiences was you really look at the funding of the medical education process and you'll you'll trace it back to pharmaceutical companies uh, the thing that sickened me the most was i grew up in a very i was very blessed to have a family that went to you were know, very health conscious you know, always went to health food stores, never really had any health issues because we were very, uh, very focused on preventative medicine and supplements and things like that. And it, it, this shit works, you know? And the thing that really sickened me the most was it was my last, my last semester of the degree. And we had a combined up to that point, maybe four hour lectures, four hours of lecture on nutrition. And that that's not and that's counting like biochemical nutrition, like like the actual biochemistry of things, not just like the actual mm-hmm. clinical nutrition aspect. I had to mm-hmm. take a, a, an elective to mm-hmm. learn clinical nutrition, and it was a fucking embarrassment. It was like reading uh, articles online and just copy and pasting things. Like it was a it was a total embarrassment, and it's. You know, the, if you want to, you want to know what your doctor has to think. Of, you you want to know how you should you should judge what your doctor has to say. Look at your doctor. Look at him. Like the major, I think the the average age of death of cardiologists is like mid fifties. They're mostly overweight, or it's like mid sixties. They're overworked. I mean, of course, but they they don't practice what they preach. Right. And the Western medical system is so fraught with just disinformation it's a, it's an industry and people are finally waking up and realizing that no they don't really ha- like there's some good doctors out there but their their backs are up against the wall and the system itself does not have your best interest in mind they recently passed a i mean it's it's at the point now where it's it's almost comical there there was a recent um i forgot what state it was it might be national but 
there was a provision that recommended for Medicare and Medicaid guidelines that they do not recommend anymore that a physician be on the board of a hospital committee. That's, that's, a, that's pornographic. <laughs> like, what do you mean? They, they recommend that as far as like the, the chairman, the, you know, the board of co- the committee members of the actual, um, the business quote unquote side of the hospital, right. they don't recommend that any physicians be on board. They, they want quote unquote medical executives. They want suits. They want corporations. That, corporations. They want the bottom line and, wow. and big data. That's, that's what's going to happen right now. That so is, it's a big fat fucking dollar sign on your health. Like your, you're a number well being. And, and it's a good thing and a bad thing in the sense that we are approaching an era where big data, you know, you're going to have the Watson type computer. What's going to happen in medical, what you're going to see happening in the medical community and medical education is doctors are going to be systematically phased out just, just as everybody else is. This, the secret that's happening right now is, is automation. Everything's going to become automated. There's, there's going to be a bunch of, you know, the unemployment rates are total bullshit. They're, they're not declining at all. Like they're only going to get worse because automation is going to increase. There's no necessity for the majority of human labor. Right. As, you know, it's a, that's just a fact. We're approaching that time. You, they have McDonald's restaurants that can run with one person working it and everyone, it's all automated. That's, yeah. that's the reality we live in. And you're going to have the future medicine is going to be maybe the top 10 to 15% of the class are the doctors that are going to help program the supercomputers that know the algorithms and the data that statistically says, hey, this is probably the disease. And your do- actual doctor is going to have to be like a, he's going to be there with your robot, th- with this machine, and they're going to actually together come and formulate. You're still going to have that human component. It's probably going to need just in case. But the, the number of showcase now that the-, the data, like you can have a computer that will probably get a better diagnosis than unless your doctor is like, you know, a house. statistically better you're better off having the watson computer get a diagnosis i would i would take the watson computer any day over with a doctor or you know and that's that's some of the that's some of the stuff you know you know i've been talking like i'm working on some stuff um i'll just say for another podcast but just things that Sure. We're we're about to wrap up here. We got about ten minutes. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that's really interesting, man. Like, uh, I, I, I definitely find it fascinating. I've I've encountered a bunch of you know doctors and people who are in the medical field, and I don't think I've encountered any person who has lived in that industry and existed in that industry that isn't like kind of fucked up in some way. Like they. I mean, their view of of their patients and, you know, like after you have several drinks with uh, a cardiologist or a neurologist or someone who works in a fucking ER and, you know, buy them a few drinks and, and let them talk to you and you'll find out the truth of what they think about their patients. And I mean, not not all doctors like this, obviously, but, you know, I just... I, I don't know. My my view of, of Western healthcare is very dismal. 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 And it, rightfully so, you know, but that's a whole nother rant. We should honestly just have a looking forward to like a healthcare uh, Well, we're we're gonna I mean we've we've been tested a little bit with the podcast and it's it's growing pains and it's you know, like it's it, we've had something like eight episodes. We've been up and running for three or four months. The number scale aspect of it 
is I I can't really you know I I can't I can't say and it, and it, I I do want to take this opportunity to thank every single person who's left a comment on the site sent me an email it, I, thank you so much I, I love that I love hearing from you guys continue to do that and and I'll do my best to respond to all of them I I, I really do try to respond to each and every one of them but um. I love it. I love the feedback that we're getting and the the people that are listening to the show are amazing. I, I, I love the vibe that I'm that I'm getting receiving from the people that, you know, make that effort to really reach out. So please continue to do that. And we're gonna get we're gonna get Dr. G to put his email address up and if, if you guys wanna talk to him we'll we'll have we'll make him a little bit more available for you guys. But we're we're moving towards a more consistent, like I'm putting all of my time into this, and we're bringing we're bringing Dr. G back into the swing of things, and and the guest the guests that we're bringing on are gonna are gonna get bigger, and the level of the level of guests that we're having come on are is is getting bigger and bigger and and scaling up as well. So so it's it's exciting, man. It's it's you know I I really this is my passion. I, I found my passion and and. And and damn, it's a good feeling. I love it. And hey, if you guys have any suggestions for for guests or any contacts or anything like that, please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any show ideas or you just you you want to hear someone that you think that we should interview, shoot us shoot us a note. Um, a we topic, do our anything best. that you like enjoyed, any any particular guest in particular, just just let us know. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to me and Dr. G. 